Today's guest is the love of my life. Nalaya Tracana is an intimacy coach and stuff. And she's been on the podcast before, so I won't give the long version of her personal intro. Actually, since when she appeared on my podcast back in September or October, uh, we fell in love. She has traveled across the world through COVID times, through quarantine, through multiple continents to get to me. And we have built this incredible home. And we've actually, we're planning on making this podcast like a month and a half ago. We decided uh, to just hang out and hit record. And this was a very fun episode because it was kind of spurred by um, some realizations with intimacy and the making of love. Uh, it's a fun conversation. And um, this is episode 100. And I guess I just want to say up top, I knew I would always eventually hit 100. Actually, it kind of uh, ties into one of the themes we speak about of stepping into more mature archetypes in different stages of life on how when I started my podcast five years ago, I was pretty naive. I thought I would be uh, up in the top 10 charts right under Joe Rogan within like three months or something. I mean, not exactly, but I didn't think about it. I was definitely um, naive. And it's been interesting over five years how the podcast has grown, how even even like three years ago, I didn't realize there were any listeners. So I just stopped looking at my stats and then I had people actually thank you to anyone who messaged me randomly being like, yeah, why haven't you put out an episode? Because uh, that actually is what kept me going, kept me interested. And uh, yeah, last year I started doing solo podcasts. And actually, Nalaya speaks about it. That's when she started listening to my show. Anyway, I'm not going to tell the whole episode and make this intro too long. But um, I'm just really happy. I'm really happy about this podcast reaching the triple digits of guests. Um, I guess that means I've spoken to like 80-something people because I've had a bunch of repeats. And also like just stepping into this new phase of life with this incredible, incredible woman I didn't share anything that we speak about. We speak about sexual archetypes, entering new phases of life, some elements of our dynamics of things that have worked and even remnants of old relationship. I hate to use the word trauma, but we call them mycotraumas or, you know, lingering uh, behavioral residue that has shifted actually in this, in this wonderful relationship. So I hope this is useful to others. Oh, actually, last little bit of fact. So if you listen to the show, you notice uh, every time I've had a guest on, there's been a number. I've uh, I copied, I just copied Joe Rogan. And um, I always said zero because I wanted to force myself to be thinking triple digits. I didn't want to be like, I just wanted to just say like episode 10, episode 28. Like I wanted to say zero, 28 to force myself to get into the point where I'm in the triple digits. And now I'm legitimately in the triple digits. Anyway, I won't speak more about myself. Right now you're listening to episode... Zero, one, zero, zero, Nalaya Chakana. Enjoy. The Ruando Podcast is an exploration of the unconscious and the game of life. Be sure to visit ruando.com to get a preview chapter of my upcoming book, Infinite Play, and free access to my content library. Enjoy the show. The only real time we spent one-on-one time together before you came to Thailand, we recorded a YouTube video about food. This was four years ago. A mutual friend connected us. I remember you drove up the hill on your red bike. And, oh, in the intro, it took like five or seven times for me to pronounce your name right. (laughs) It's like, I kept wanting, because I thought it was an Indian word, so I I wanted to put the accent on the first syllable. Nalaya Chakana. (laughs) 
Anyway, I'm being a terrible host. I haven't let you speak at all. <laughs> no, I love this. Um, so this is kind of an impromptu, I mean, somewhat impromptu podcast. So we, actually, the funny okay. thing, <laughs> I'm Go just going to interrupt you. <laughs> the funny thing that you brought up this, this video um, that we made in 2016, 2016, 17, is that I used it as, as an example this morning in my session with my client. Well, and I haven't thought about this video in a, quite a little while. Were you guys talking about the importance of eating apples? I was talking about... <laughs> and then you showed a cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. If, it's just a round thing. I don't eat vegetables that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about cabbage. <laughs> well, go on. Wait, what did you say in your session with your client? Um, yeah. I mean, quite a few of my clients right now are really inspired by our story. And so I weave little anecdotes into my guidance. And uh, I think this one was more about the innocence of our meeting, and yet a particular seed got planted. Because I know for myself, I'm definitely not the type of person to per se keep in touch with a person I only met once. Like, I mean, we had coffee mm-hmm. in a cafe talking about the no, video. No, we didn't even have coffee. I, oh, right. We just sat I, there. I sat, I started talking <laughs> to you while I was sitting down. And you're, you, I start, was talking for a minute, kind of like how this podcast started. And you're like, wow, you really don't break the ice. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you're like, uh, Louise, our mutual friend. You're like, oh, Louise said you would just jump in. Like, you don't. I was, I was like, yeah, I mean, I I'm mean, from New York. It was, it was, I mean, hey, I'm from Holland. We're really direct but some aspect of uh let's fuse our energies because with the video it was the same i was like oh my god i'm like just in, in the in the house and immediately you you hit record actually i, I even spoke of that in my session this morning mm. with my client it's like so in a way i never really got to know you other than sense something about you because you didn't break the ice you're not one to small talk and so there was actually zero information I had about you personally. I wanted you to think I was cool. Not that that's yeah. what that's not why I did those things, but that was kind of just how I that's how I am still kind of. Um, but the but, point I'm trying to make yeah. is that I've traveled for more than a decade. I've met a lot of people and it's rare for me to stay in touch with someone who I barely knew anything about and who I'd only met once, like you in two thousand sixteen or seventeen. And so there was just simply something mm-hmm. that for me was obvious and it made more sense now that we are here, like looking in retrospect. Yeah, I feel the same. I uh, thought of you as the type of woman I wanted to be with, but you were kind of like a fictional character who once in a blue moon would send me a WhatsApp <laughs> about some something business related. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is how I remember the time that you well when you invited me for your podcast. Obviously, it took us about a month and a half to actually do the podcast. <laughs> so there was a lot of back and forth about rescheduling for different reasons, and and so you were in in my thoughts, and as I would talk to my girlfriends about doing that podcast with you, I I literally described you as, yeah, the kind of man I want to be with. Like stated it as a symbol. So this morning when I was talking about you, I even shared with her like uh, that it that it 
you know, I'm quite old school. Like I've never been on dating apps. I really believe in the law of attraction. I mean, my whole work is based on that. It's like, I, I don't feel chances increase when being on a dating app. I actually feel they decrease. And the more we trust in the universe, the more we trust in resonance, really attracting resonance rather than forcing it. And so when you and I reconnected and I felt that attraction that has literally always been there for you, I stepped in it kind of feeling, literally saying actually to the universe, okay, if this is meant to work out, at some point we are going to be in the same country at the same time. And if that happens, of course, I would give it a shot. But never did I expect that the ball would get rolling after the podcast, even though I felt the chemistry. I just said, okay, this we're either physically going to be in the realm because I just don't believe building on a relationship from a distance. But I, I had no choice because I felt something with you I, I, I couldn't put my finger on. But it was just like this, this knowing that has always been there kind of feeling. Yeah. And I remember when we connected on the podcast, I was trying to start a community house with friends and I sent you the video. And uh, I said just, you know, jokingly, oh, come live with us or something. And you're like, oh, yeah. I would. And I, and I remember kind of gloating to my friends like, oh, she said she might. And I kind of daydreamed <laughs> about, oh, yeah, you live in the next room and then we slowly connect. But then it just seemed impossible. And like COVID. Yeah. And COVID. Yeah. And then when we broke the ice, at some point you said March is very far away. Because we thought yeah. we thought that we wouldn't be able to see each other until we both went to Spain in March, which is now. And we both were quite positive in our perspective regarding the pandemic because we assumed that in the beginning of 2021 there would be doors would open and we would be able to just freely go. Yeah. To so Spain. so instead, you flew across the world during the <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> camping in Holland for a month, <laughs> uh, and then waiting for that one two week window oh. of the entire period that you could have flown to Thailand and then quarantine and then quarantine and then I happened to have to go to Bangkok the day you got out for jujitsu for jujitsu yeah yeah uh, so everyone listening we we kind of were just hanging out and we said we were going to do this podcast because <laughs> episode 100 and I wanted to save someone special for episode 100 but we've we've kind of put this we put this off for a month we moved no, into a new house more than a month again. No, I, I, I was here just before on solstice, so right before Christmas. Oh yeah, and I haven't done a guest podcast since. Yeah. And it's almost equinox, so like. Oh, it's three months. Wow. How about that? Nearly, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here we are. We're having a moment. Here we are. Uh, having a moment. What can I say? We decided <laughs> we uh, ought to make more love. Yes. Yeah, we won't even go to the backstory. <laughs> That's just a thing we decided <laughs> over dinner. And it seemed like the perfect time to record. Uh, I guess part of this is kind of just like me announcing for real to my podcast. I've mentioned you in a few episodes. But it's nice to have you on. Thanks for coming. Thanks for making it. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Are well, we actually, this polite stuff. We yeah. yeah. So uh, we did talk uh, earlier before this impromptu recording that we would speak about. We had we had some topics. One was um, fighting. What, fighting. Oh no. Ah, <laughs> uh, we talked about that fighting. I didn't know we were talking about fighting. No, we talked about the fluidity of uh, we, our we have... our little moments of disconnection that just. Um, we're just so fluid in our understanding and coming to an agreement and it immediately causing us to connect more deeply. 
And we oh, were yeah. talking about how easy it is for most couples, or even us in our past, in the past relationships, for that to, to escalate. And that both of us are, I don't know, like some of these little moments of uh, friction have actually been the most valuable for me, or like they really touched me in my heart um, in a beautiful, positive way, because it every time made me just fall in love with you more. I'll give an example. Go on. <laughs> So uh, the one I'm remembering, which I really actually thought was, I, th- I really thought this would become a fight, or I think I just like it, you know. Uh, I had put laundry in, I guess the details aren't that interesting. I put laundry in, it was a way and we had a disagreement over laundry. Let's just, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the details of some. Anyway, I, th- I felt I was doing something for you. You felt you were doing something for me, yeah. but then I felt like you were being passive aggressive in the way that you told me you were doing something for me to accommodate behavior that I did that you didn't like. Anyway, it isn't, that's not really important, but we had a clash where I think we both felt defensive and entitled. And I think that totally, in my past at least, would have become a fight where we would have dipped down into negative emotions, it probably would have lasted a bit, and then eventually would have resolved and dipped up into not so bad emotions and then feeling good. We kind of just, I said this yesterday, we kind of just snipped out all that middle part. So it really didn't go down. And it just went like from mild discomfort to uh, I love you more. And I want to add that because what I was wrong about the laundry. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So what actually happened is both of us actually projected a reality onto the other that has to do with the past, no? And I think I want to add this because I see that it's actually inevitable, no? To like, especially when the relationship is forming, to have these moments where there's simply memories of the past, no? Or the memory that this can escalate or the memory that there's passive aggressiveness or the memory of whatever. And I often kind of even in my work, like it's kind of like I welcome those projections because they're part of what wants to transform or like the old belief that wants to make room for a new belief, mm-hmm. but it has to come out in the present. Yeah. And it's through the projections that when we own it and we say, oh yeah, I was projecting, then it doesn't have to last so long. Whereas if we suppress and pretend to be so holy that we don't, we don't or try ever... To, or try to justify our backlash. Exactly. Or take it too personal with an inability to see that it's projections. All of those are reasons for it to escalate. But instead, it's like, okay, we allow it. And yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to add that because it's like the suppression of the projection often makes it worse. Yeah. As I said to yesterday, like, I realized what allows me not to go too defensive is just like, I trust you. So I don't feel like I have a lot to, I need to defend. Yeah. And then. And then it's like silly to fight about laundry. Yeah, because in my diary after that event, I wrote down that from now on, both of us can we'll assume... We'll do the laundry the right way. <laughs> okay, <I'll stop>. <laughs> <laughs> we can assume the other comes with good intentions. Mm-hmm. Just as an as like, yeah. But you know how to do the laundry. <laughs> um... The other thing was, I think we were speaking about how men or women can support men in their masculinity or men can support women in their feminine, I think. We had two other broad topics we were going to speak about. 
Uh, maybe we can look. We can talk about trust, support, and uh, security. Because like being with you really shows me um, more subtle layers of the truths that I thought I already embodied regarding mm -hmm. feminine and masculine, and the weaving. And when you look at something that, you know, what does a man need in order for you to trust your partner, or what does a woman need? Often those answers are actually different. So even with support, it's like, of course, the kind of support you offer me is not going to be mirrored in the exact same way because we just need different things to really feel that um, care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't feel like I need you to do things for me, although I, I guess maybe it's also love language-ish. But like uh, when I really feel your appreciation, I'm happy to do, do things. It's like I don't need it to, yeah, you know, is what you said. Mm-hmm. I was remembering the Jerry Seinfeld thing. Like, yeah, when you feel a woman loves you, you feel you can do anything. And that's like the juice you can only get. So when do you feel my love the most? I think when you come and kiss me. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> it's when you react to something I do, actually. Mm. Like when you melt. Mm. Like, uh, I've never really been to words of affirmation, but it feels so good to feel mm. you like, melt. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm like, oh, that's, this is great. Mm. <laughs> It just fills me with so much goodness. Mm. Yeah, like I love feeling your surrender. It makes me feel strong and responsible and loved and all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. I love surrendering with you. Hey, people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just trying to think of, like, when do I really feel your support? Mm -hmm. mm, I guess in various ways. Mm. Yeah, when taking initiative. Actually, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, so, for example, obviously I can have emotional moments that it's not that easy um, to verbalize. And so if there's then initiative... Either the initiative of like, we don't have to speak, but let's move this energy, or initiative, then I really feel your love so strong. Just the initiative. Or when I had sleeping problems, like you're taking initiative of just being so present and sensitively connected. That's what makes me melt, like in the more challenging moments, but also very much in the joyish, joyish, joyous. and joyous <laughs> and pleasureful moments that the surrender, the deeper surrender, it, it is easier because of the, those kind of moments where, yeah, I just feel you so solid. I just feel I trust you so deeply. I feel like we just... <laughs> came on to brag about. Oh no, just I guess appreciate. But anyway, um, I don't know if this is too. Okay, this soon. is you taking compliments. Huh? <laughs> uh, 
is this, I don't know if this is too, we're too in it, but we've been having conversations about stepping into new archetypes. Mm. Is it too, is it too in it to talk about? I could just say about my part. No, come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm game. Uh, I mean, now you said it, so we can't not go into it. It could be a teaser, and we like three oh. months later. It's like remember we, well, we I brought this? up that thing you definitely didn't want to talk about back then, <laughs> and it could be a cliffhanger. I mean, I think it's it's a really valuable topic and very delicate because, yeah. But go on, share a little bit. Yeah, well, I feel like I've, I mean speaking king archetype like i've wanted intellectually to have a family to settle down to to be with the woman i'm actually going to be with but and it, it was kind of an idea that i felt mentally ready for and not, not that i'm not but it's just like a couple weeks ago i guess i started to feel settled in this house we moved into and like feeling very good about us and then thinking timelines and just being like oh actually what, what spurred it was building an archery thing on our land, which is something I thought I would have like a long time from now, or like it was like a distant future where I was like a millionaire who could put archery an archery range, and I built a little one, right? And like, oh wow, I'm already in that stage of life. Like I'm in the stage of life where I am, yeah, the the man of the house. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that came up so quickly. <laughs> like, I, I kind of feel like I was definitely not that. And then I step into this and it's like, it wasn't a slow transition as far as my experience goes. Um, yeah, so it's like recognizing what I'm letting go of lifestyle-wise, but also my character. But it is a transition, though. I mean, the realization seemed spontaneous. Yeah, I guess it's but in the recent, slow. In the recent days, <laughs> I think both. Rocky, actually. I think yeah, I think both of us are realizing that there's older parts of ourselves that are slowly dying and tempting a little bit. Um, yeah, that is making this process really quite fascinating to be yeah. so consciously aware of the parts that are so comfortable because they belong to an older version of us that even though we're willing and we're willingly stepping into this and we're making a choice and in my case I left behind home and community and that was my stability in Peru for five years and it's like all of this newness so welcome so welcome and feeling so open and yet simply having parts of me being um, making room slowly and it's fascinating because your comment after you got the or you built the, the archery space here in the garden. Your comment that it didn't resonate with me initially. And then after going a little deeper within my within myself, I could see that, you know, this whole process of what am I leaving behind? Who's this archetype I was in the Sacred Valley? Um, you know, what is the role I played and what is the plateau I I got to within my entrepreneurship, which I knew needed needed this basically what we have here to upgrade and to transform it was like all along all these symptoms were passing and falling away falling away falling away to bring me more and more and more present but also emptier and emptier and emptier and emptier and you talking about the king clicked it into place for me to see that sometimes you know as opposed to 
purging the past or being really present, sometimes we have to point the arrow in the direction that we truly want to go into with more clarity to really see like what is the value of where we're, what we're birthing within ourselves in mm-hmm. this mature form of relating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe this is too sensitive to talk about. Uh, she's making hand gestures to me. Uh, two words. First word. First word. I see a round ball. Ball. Ball? Belly ball? What? What, what is that? A fish? That a, a fish entering. Can we talk about this or no? I can talk about it. Can we oh. talk about it? Yeah. If you want, we don't have to talk. I mean, there's this ball belly. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we can talk about it another time. Okay, I have to say something now. Now that you've made it so obvious. Um, Even though we are creating home, knowing that we're not in a rush knowing that certain things in our reality need to be settled before we would even go there. Um, So there's no pregnancy happening, don't worry. (laughs) Um, It it is part of this transition, and I think we both feel it. Um, It's like energetically we are creating home in a way that neither of us has done in the past. Um, We've had various experiences, but it hasn't felt like this. It's like a level of security and maturity and trust. Like I keep coming back on this sense of trust that there's just no question about how we will evolve together because it's just the knowing that it's going to get better and better and better. So back to pregnancy, I've thought, like the thought of creating a family or the thought of being pregnant has always been just beautiful and magical. But now that it is actually part of my reality, even if it comes in two years from now, it it is having a strong effect. It's quite interesting. It's almost like there is a pregnancy before the pregnancy. And I just wanted to open this because it's part of the, the the archetypes that are transforming from one into the other. Um, and I think for a man and a woman, we experience the same, but in a different way. Yeah. And I just feel grateful that all of this is happening So, with so much awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I feel like I've been mentally preparing to, let's say, earn in a way I could support a family or have a lifestyle that could fit. But now it's like, oh, I really can't fuck around anymore. That's kind of the feeling, I guess. And maybe this is why I've been feeling a little pressure, like internally, independent of external events, like... Uh, I'm thinking out loud right now, but yeah, this feeling of, yeah, it's not, no longer time to fuck around. And I might, I mean, just like do whatever I want with my time. Like, uh, my actions affect others to a degree that they haven't before. Yeah. So. We should let that giant truck leave what is that 
the truck oh, driving? He's, he's stuck in the mud, and they're pushing. Kind of sounds like that. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, it's a construction site, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were so quiet until we started recording. <laughs> I just want to say, I just a mini rant. I don't know. Maybe I should stop complaining. I'm going to stop complaining. I'm not going to complain. My last solo podcast, I spent the first couple minutes complaining. I was like, I didn't really need to do that. Like, why am I... I don't even. I wouldn't even want to complain to my friends or complain to everyone on the internet. What am I doing? Come on, come on. Anyway, but every time I try, I try to record these construction guys, choose that moment to have a party. That's it. That's the end of the rant. Sorry, you didn't listen to that. I guess. No, this is perfect. I was about to talk about our project. Grounding. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because. Everything that we were just talking about, this transition, transformation, it's having a, like, what's going on? I was just checking. Just looking. It's having a, quite an effect for both of us on our creations. Like, both of us were in the midst of individual creations before I came to Thailand. We took a little break to go on our honeymoon. <laughs> And then in the beginning of the year... We had a couple of honeymoons. In the a first, couple of honeymoons uh, all together. Yeah. Uh, and then in the beginning of the year, we were both like, okay, fueled up with creative energy, let's go. And it's almost like it, there's been a lack of grounding, there's been too many things to take care of. Well, now, that's why we realized now, we need to make love more. Now that we entered this house, uh, we prioritize making home for the sense of grounding so that our projects basically can evolve from that space. But on top of it, it's also like there's such a deep change happening internally that our relationship is allowing a different kind of energy to be fueled or like be part of the fuel for our creations, for our courses. So all of this is, is yeah, I kind of wanted to weave in what you were saying, what you were complaining about regarding the noise, mm -hmm. that there are these little moments of interferences externally that seem to have an effect on what we are creating right now. So this is that was your poetic way of also complaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually I want to tie in, that's if we were speaking about dinner, and I think maybe what inspired us to hit record right now yeah. is... We need to make love more. Yeah, we were, we were charging up so well, because I was actually thinking of like, actually, I'm complaining. Some of the things I've been complaining about, if this was December, right after you landed, and these same exact things were happening, I don't think I would be complaining. Exactly. We, we, we were making so much love, I can't yeah. imagine my butthole getting tight <laughs> over mm -hmm. these house chores. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's actually nice to put into practice this idea that I think we both have believed in and for sure have experienced, but that, that our sexuality is a fuel source. But now we actually get to see the stark contrast. Yeah, exactly. Month to month. And, you know, I've mentioned this before, that sometimes when I get so fatigued, I don't know if it's like a deeper relaxation of my nervous system, but often fatigue comes hand in hand with more horniness. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it's, it's meant to be like that on occasion, where when the horniness comes when being tired, it's literally the body saying, come on, charge here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I guess I have a more masculine uh, conclusion, which is I need to optimize <laughs> for lovemaking, which I know you don't like hearing that way, but it's like, um, yeah, I mean. Why don't I like 
scheduling you for work? I don't know. I'm like scheduling. No, it's not that I'm, it's just like, yeah, these last days have been very full. I'll, I'll speak for myself. I think I've been experiencing similar that like I'm just exhausted at night and we are kind of running around all day. Anyway, we so kind we've of agreed. Just, we've agreed to making love first thing in the morning. Yeah. And don't talk about this other idea we had because it kind of goes hand in hand. What other idea? <laughs> I don't remember it actually. Wait, she's miming. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, anyway, this is for the future. This is a little cliffhanger. Um, in some time, we will create something else. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess is this episode one hundred right here? This is a short episode for one hundred. It is. We can add. Wait! More. Oh, come on. We need a yeah, somewhat of a. Good anecdote. Let's finish with a good anecdote. Uh, Stories are always better. It's only a story, mister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just thinking about our... I mean, I guess the, the big story is not a happy story, though. Oh... I was going to actually open my... I tried to record, right, finishing the complaint. I, I tried to record a solo podcast this morning, but the construction started right after I set up the equipment. But I was going to dedicate it to our bunny rabbit, Bowie, who lived wild and free and possibly... Uh, I mean, it seems very likely that he has passed. He, has not, he did not come back. Mm-hmm. from his walkabout and there are predators in the neighborhood and I was going to open that episode by saying like I realize it's kind of humorous for a grown man with a masculinity podcast to dedicate an episode to his pet bunny rabbit but that bunny rabbit had huge balls literally and figuratively and he lived by certain principles and he was very Funny. He's very funny. He's very affectionate, but he was very also really bold. Like he was, yeah. he, he chased the cat. He chased a cat. It's a bunny rabbit, a <laughs> tiny little bunny rabbit chased a cat. He also, we have five chickens, and the chickens would sometimes get threatened by his alpha stoic groundedness, and they would sometimes gang up on him, and he would like zip and zap like Israel Adesanya, like he would continue eating, he would continue chewing grass while the chickens were trying to peck at him, and he would just like move like an inch out of the way and keep eating, and then once in a while he would get pissed off, he would snap back at them, and I didn't, and then the chickens would scatter. The bunny was the alpha chicken in our yard. And that's why. That's why. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was great. He was a great bunny. He exemplified all the all the principles of grounding, yeah. and masculinity. And you know, as yeah, he also honored freedom and exploration, and needing to step over the border of his comfort zone. So literally, he did that and didn't return. Yeah. And, you know, of course I did think, you know, I'm sure some people would think, oh, why didn't you cage your bunny? It would have been safe. But knowing our bunny's personality, he definitely chose to live by the sword, die by the sword. Exactly. And And I think it's a better life, even though it's a shorter life, to have known the wild. Because we saw his instincts. Oh, this is interesting. Actually, I want to talk about this. Yeah, like when he was, he came to me as almost a newborn, being caged... He acted one way, having like space to roam around the house. He acted another way, but his first few days outside, 
his personality totally changes. Like he grew yeah. up in front of our eyes in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like he became like his body language, his movements became different. His eyes changed because you could see his pupils yeah, yeah, contract yeah. a little more because he wasn't in relaxed mode anymore. He was in, oh, there's predators out here. I need to be tough. And pay attention constantly. And pay attention. Because you said he didn't allow you to touch his ears because he needs his ears. Like bunnies are pretty much blind. Yeah. So to be pet outside and also picked up like my cat. In Peru, he doesn't want to be picked up outside because it's like, that's Dangerous. the place he needs to be alert. Mm. So, yeah, we saw his instincts. Yeah, just rise up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. at least we got to see that. Oh, like, he's had a few weeks outside. Yeah. And I mean, how long do bunnies live? I mean, years, I guess. Anyway, I'm not going to think about that. I before. remember in the beginning, you looked up all the things that could kill a bunny. There's many. Yeah. Water. <laughs> that's when they're like babies. Like the slightest thing kills them. That's why bunnies have to make so many. Anyways. Bunnies make love a lot. And that's that. Yeah. So we had a sad day together. It's been a sad couple of days. But yeah. Anyway. All right. This has been episode 100 Maybe we'll continue the episode, actually. Let's see. I was going to try this new app called Clubhouse. If anyone's listening and you have an iPhone and you have Clubhouse, follow me on Clubhouse at Rwando. Maybe you can make the app fun for me because I got this extra phone to get this app because it seemed like the next big, you know, it just seemed like a thing that would fit me. But so far, I haven't loved it. Maybe I shouldn't say that. No, you should say that. I mean, you're not complaining. We don't really get it, so if you love it, also explain why. I get why some people like it, some people kind of just like to... But I guess, actually, I, I was we're, hoping... We're looking for a quality sound, but actually we've been hearing noise. Yeah, I've been hoping that it was like a different, maybe even more interactive version of podcasts. So far, it seems like a lot of people... Are just blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I believe that there's good stuff in there too, but... It's like there's not enough filtering. It's like when I was, what I love about podcasts is like I pick a person or two that I, I know I'm interested in their thoughts and I get to hear them maybe with other one other person speak. And that's not Clubhouse yet. But anyway, we had a story on, on it, Bo- it sounds, Bowie. It sounds like we need to make love by the tone of your voice. Okay. All right, we got to <laughs> go, guys. Episode 100. Episode 100. Um... But I've met some incredible people through my podcast. <laughs> and if I didn't have a podcast, I'm not sure. I'm if sure it, we would have connected. Honestly, yeah. So, I mean, this is a fun fact that I am not the podcast listener type. Really? And your podcast is one of the only ones I would sporadically listen to because back then I promoted one of your courses and somehow I was on your mailing list. And that's what triggered me to listen sporadically. And then because of the pandemic... I was gardening more, and during the gardening, I wanted to listen to a podcast, so I started listening more and more and more to yours. And um, this then, is the year I started making a lot of solo episodes. Too. Yeah, last year. Yeah. 2020. 2020. And then you invited me, and I was like, wow, that this is like quite an honor. Like, <laughs> you're the only podcast I listen to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so start a podcast, guys, and <laughs> you'll meet the love of your life. <laughs> that's, not, that's not real advice. Okay. Wait, where can people find out more of your work? 
So we're going to put a link in the description to sign up to enter my group called Make Love to Life. And this is where we have in-depth, intimate conversations in a secure setting regarding intimacy. And so the heart of my work is focused on releasing patterns of the past to open the heart again to dare to love. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, goodbye. Goodbye.